It is Thursday, May 26, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is Peter Moylan filling in for the one and only Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. This is all presented to you by our friends over at Shady Rays. For the best sunglass look in the business, go check out Shady Rays. Because when you inevitably lose them or sit on them in your car like this idiot does at least twice a year, they will replace them. So not only will you look good, they will take care of you as well. Pete Moylan, the honey maker. How are you? So <laughs> please explain to me what happened today at the Moylan compound. Okay. So about eight weeks ago, I had some honeybees put in my backyard to produce honey. And uh, we harvested, I guess you'd harvested or pulled it uh, the last couple of days. And to my surprise, I ended up with 77 pounds of organic Moylan backyard made raw honey. And it is the the taste difference. I just can't explain it. It's it's unbelievable. I'll send you the photo, but it's it's absolutely. It's like got a citrusy taste to it. And because my daughter suffers with such bad allergies, I wanted to have something that she can take a spoonful of honey every day. I hear that that helps with allergies, so I'm going to try it. Hmm. Okay, now that that's the part that makes sense now because I was curious. Usually, I'm the one who's trying to get the bees off of my property, not sure. bring them here, right? Now, if I was show, it's right at the back corner of my property, and my property, I'm lucky enough to back up to a, a big acreage, so there's mm-hmm. nothing behind me, and they face out over the acreage, so I don't actually see them. They just go back and forth, and they work constantly all day long. The process itself is just fascinating to me, and if you're really interested, I mean, I can break it down for you anytime you want, but. I, 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 well, maybe on Friday's baseball today, you come out in a beekeeper suit and we take a little <laughs> class field trip. Awesome. That one will be one worth watching. We'll Done. see. Done. We'll see. Let's get to the uh, topics at hand, a little baseball today. And actually, we're going to start off with a look ahead, uh, because for the first time this year, you have the Yankees taking on the Rays. I think it'll be really fun. We have a couple of big series that starts tonight. We'll get to the other one later. Uh, first of four down yeah. in St. Pete, uh, New York enters with a four and a half game lead. Which team is this more of a prove-it series for, in your opinion? I think the Yankees. Um, and hmm. I, I think because it may be my only opinion, but I, it seems like the Rays have kind of had their way with the Yankees over the last couple of years. I felt like the, the, the Rays have, have been able to – obviously, the Yankees were so dominant for so long, but, but they've turned the, the script on them, especially in the last few years. But I think if the Yankees are really going to do it this year, then obviously Stanton going on the DL is, or IL is, is tough, but it's go time for them too. Um, they, they, I've got the most wins, but they're not playing the way that you'd expect the Yankees to play. Um, and the, the Rays are just constant. They're just a constant, annoying team that never goes away. So, um, they're going to continue to be the Rays, but I think the Yankees need to take a step forward and show that they're, they're going to be dominant in the East once again. So your four series matchups are Yarbrough against Cortez Springs against Tyone. Kluber, who, of course, pitched for the Yankees a season ago against Garrett Cole and McClanahan against Severino. So there's some interesting matchups of the four. How's Um, Kluber been? How has Kluber been this year? Because, you know what? Let me check a little bit. But uh, so he's been up and down, I believe. Yeah, he's he's got a 4-4-2 ERA. His whip is like 1-3. Okay. I don't know what his full metrics are looking like a little bit, but. 37 strikeouts in 38 and two thirds. I mean, you have to remember when he was winning Cy Young awards, there's one year he got 265 strikeouts, 245, 227, 269 one year. It's been a while since he's done that though. 
yeah, that's just insane stuff. Well, now he's whatever he is, 30, yeah. 36. Yeah, he's 36 years old. He just turned 36 last month. Um, but, but you're right. Over the last two years, so this includes the pandemic-shortened season where they also met in the divisional round, uh, a series that Tampa won in five games. Tampa is 22-12 and 12 against New York since the beginning of the 2020 season. Now, we Makes know sense. there's no glass now. That is a big deal um, for this team. But they always just find a way. They always just find a way. And I do think there are a few things with the Yankees right now where they've suffered some injuries. It, it seems like it's been a, like they were really healthy, and then they had a big yeah. flood of injuries over the last seven to ten days, it feels yeah. like. So they're going to have to try and maneuver around that. But it wouldn't surprise me if one team wins three or four. That's what I think too. Four games. I think, I, well, if it, yeah, I think I, they'll probably not splitting because it's tough to win a four-game series anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a good, it's a good chance. If, they, if the Yankees do take three out of four, then I think it, it also lets the Rays know that, that they're for real, especially without Stanton. Their bullpen's um, a bit questionable for me. They've obviously got, who, what's, who's closing right now? What's his name? Who, Clay Holmes? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, like, yeah. That's the only question for me. Chapman, Chapman hasn't been Chapman, uh, but Clay Holmes. Well, he also is, is on, he's on the injured list. I think the bigger question is, and it doesn't have to be answered right now because Clay Holmes will be their closer for the next couple of weeks while Chapman heals up. And if he has to go on a rehab assignment, whatever it is, that's going to be the big question. Clay Holmes has not given up a run since opening since his first appearance of the year yeah. back in early April against Boston. Other than that, he has been lights out. I think it's 21 straight scoreless appearances over 23 innings, some, some sort of number like that. The question is, is Aaron Boone going to be able to go back to a role as Chapman? I, don't, I think the decision makes itself. I don't think, I don't think, I think Chapman has to earn that spot with all due respect to Chapman and everything that he's done. Why would you take someone like a Holmes out of that role? If he's having such success, you, you don't, you don't mess with something that's working. And if he can't accept that, look at Will Smith. We went out and got Kenley this year. Will Smith's like, yeah, I'll, I'll pitch whenever you need me to. That's the kind of thing that teams need to do in order to win. That's Sacrifices different. Sacrifices have to be made. It, you know that's different. It is different, but he hasn't done what's, – what's Chapman done this year? Uh, I am with you. I am in the here and now business, but there is a big difference between bringing in a guy who's got more than 300 career saves with the Los Angeles Dodgers and turning to Clay Holmes, who when it's they made different. the trade, people were like – It's not different. If someone should, is – Okay, hold if on. someone is excelling in the be, role – but it is – no, it was. I don't think that's the, the case anymore. I think teams are more about winning. They're not about optics. They're about winning. They don't give a shit how it happens. They want to get wins. And if that means that Clay Holmes closes games because he's got a 0.31 ERA and Chapman has been dog shit, then you don't go, oh, we won't want to hurt Chapman's feelings. We want to go to put him in the ninth inning. No, make him pitch. He'll pitch wherever. Really? Because he's yes. shown that he can't. He has shown at times that he can't. If you base what he's done this year, he's... I'm not taking Holmes out of that role. You could not pay me to do it. Haven't you, I mean, you've lived in a bullpen. Yes. Haven't you seen plenty of guys who have excelled in the closers role, but whether it's because of um, ineffectiveness or they're trying to come back from injury or working something out, they've been moved out of the ninth inning role and they look like they've never thrown a baseball before. That's fine. If you look at the numbers this year, are all his bad numbers out of the ninth inning in non-save situations or is his numbers bad across the board? 
I, I would have to break it down, but I have seen several appearances in the ninth inning where he has walked a bunch of guys and things like that. That's my point. If you don't have 100% faith in your closer and you have someone out there that you do have 100% faith in, I'm putting my money with the guy that I have faith in every single time. Well, as And I'm a manager. Weekend, I can say that. Yeah, you are. You are. You're the best Australian manager I've ever met. Thank you. Uh, right now, Aaron Boone is off the hot seat. He doesn't have to deal with that because he doesn't have a role as Chapman for this series, which should be a lot of fun to watch down in St. Petersburg this weekend. Uh, Luis Castillo got his first win of the season. Of course, his year got off to um, a late start because of an injury. Went five innings against the Cubs. Uh, where, in your opinion, is he playing in early August, which is the trade deadline this year? That is, I, Rob and I were talking right before I got on, and I'm just trying to look at, Rob, our outstanding producer, Robbie Scirocco. Outstanding producer. I was trying to look at the best fit, and I can't. I don't see any team that's going to be in contention that's not going to want a Luis Castillo, and that's going to make it great for the Reds, obviously. But uh, find someone in contention that can't use starting pitching right now. It's, su- it's so at such a, a premium. I'm. I'm going to go. I hate when you make me do this, but I'm going to go. You know what? Let's go Red Sox. Ooh, ooh, that that's interesting. Yeah, I like that one because they are relying on a couple of guys. Like Rich Hill made one bad pitch last night, but they know exactly what they're getting out of Rich Hill. Like if exactly. they get him through five, they're like, "We've made it." Thank you. And yeah, and the same thing with Waka, who's I believe you know I haven't seen the last few turns through the rotation, but that would be interesting. You you have to remember with Castillo, you're getting not just this year; he is not a rental. He's yeah. got a year and a half left if you trade for him in midseason. Yeah, so that's that's a big part of the deal. Um, for me, I really think the Dodgers are going to are <laughs> going to pull the trigger. What? They have enough. No, they don't. You don't they think don't. the Dodgers are going to be able to make the playoffs with what they have right now and what they have coming back you, and he, be a dominant it's force? Not about make. This is not, it's not about making the playoffs for them. This is not them putting a sticker on their wall, uh, you know, a gold star on their chart. Do you think they learned from last year that you can't just add the best players around the league and still win? Hey, listen, so you're telling me they shouldn't have traded for Scherzer and Turner? No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that's a great move, but I'm saying you can't just keep going to the top of the top all the time. Of course you can. You can if you keep replenishing your farm. So if you have so much faith, in what Andrew Friedman has built, people think that the Dodgers are like the Yankees when they just used to pluck guys yeah, and trade not. for them and You're say right. that's it. They they have built such a formidable farm system that when they bring guys up, they contribute. Or if they have to dip into that well and trade a Josiah Gray and a Kiebert Ruiz and say, hey, we'll try it. And oh, by the way, if we have to do it again the next year, we're going to because they've got a top five or six farm system coming into this year. Yeah, you're right. I'm not saying they necessarily like the Reds would say, okay, we'll take uh, Bobby Miller as the centerpiece who throws a billion and is like six foot four and 235 pounds. And if the Dodgers say, fuck you, we're not doing that, then you probably ask for Ryan Pepio, who just made his major league debut. And to me, like that's a guy I would I would say, okay, that makes sense. Like, he's a little bit older. I think he's 24. He's from the Midwest. Um, he would slide in with Hunter Green. They could grow up together in the major leagues. And, you know, maybe you ask for an outfielder. I think the kid's name is Andy Pajes. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he's a kid that shined at high A ball last year. He hit over 30 homers. 
For the Reds, it would make sense. And for the Dodgers, I want somebody I know I can rely on not only this year, but next year. That's a, you, you make such a good point. And I, I did have in my head that for some reason that they've just undercut their whole system and just sold off to get the teams that they, but they, they do have prospects galore as well. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's a powerful, that's a powerful franchise right now. You should but listen I just, to the I just, show Farm to Fame on John Boy Media. I have a couple friends that do that show. They talk a, a lot about uh, prospects and minor leagues and development and stuff. It's re- yeah, it's really good. So I should check that out. Yeah. So there you go. That, that, uh, this whole, I, that whole squad is so frightening to me. Though. I, I just keep looking at their lineup and I just think that it's – where's the hole? Where's the relaxed spot for a pitcher? Where, where do you take a couple of bats off and be out of relax? There's nowhere. It's just constant. No, you don't. No, it's pretty brutal. I mean, it's it's very, very damning for them. That's a tough one. Uh, Luis Castillo could also he could fit with the Angels. I don't think they've got much of a farm <laughs> system, though. Um, he could fit with... There's not a team that wouldn't that, that he wouldn't fit with, Rosie. That's premium. Right. Starting pitching is, is... It's not like it used to be. No, I know. I know. But there's some teams where... Like, I don't think the White Sox would make a play for him. No. Okay, because they're going to be making an addition, a midseason addition, when Lance Lynn comes back. Like, I so with the Dodgers. The look at what the Dodgers have coming back. Well, we don't know what Dustin May is going to look like. There's a difference between a young kid coming back from Tommy John sure. and Lance Lynn, who's already throwing and coming back from a knee injury. I, I think he should be okay. Kershaw's coming right? back, too. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that this isn't this isn't st- strategic with him on the IL. I know obviously he wants to pitch all year long, oh, but I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's got that in him anymore. And they just. Mm-hmm. I, I. I look. I don't know, and I. I. But it would make sense. They're so focused on workload these days that it would maybe it makes sense. All right, uh, let's move on. I'm wearing a Colorado Rockies hat today to try and inspire the good people out there in the Rocky Mountains. It's it's an old spring training hat with the mountains and stuff. Yeah, it's a little goofy, but I kind of like it. Um, although I do like their CR uh, hat for obvious reasons. Chris Bryant ended up back on the injured lift he, list. He came off over the weekend. He played a couple of games, and he ended up back there. How concerned are you that one day the Rockies will look at that contract and say, what the hell were we thinking? I hate these questions. Um, I hate them too. I, I didn't feel good asking it, but I do think that it's, I think it's pertinent because he went back on the injured list. So quick. I do too, but I just think that's a case of uh, maybe rushing him back too quick or maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too concerned. I think the backs, backs are such a tough thing. I've had two back surgeries. They suck. They're debilitating. Even if it's, you know, you think that it's okay. And then the next day you wake up and you literally can't stand up. So I think cold weather's had a bit of a factor that you don't sign in Colorado if you're afraid of cold weather. Um, I'm not ready to jump on the, they're going to regret this right now. Um, I look back at games played throughout his career. He's only had a couple of years where he didn't play full seasons. Um, I think once he gets back and once he gets this right, I think he can be a force. Um, He doesn't have any homers this year, which is obviously they're looking at and thinking, let's pick it up a little bit. But I'm not ready to throw the towel in yet. So it's seven years, 182 million. For that money, that is franchise player material, correct? We would agree? I agree. Um, Not every nine-figure contract that gets handed out means that you're automatically the face of the franchise, the centerpiece of the lineup. You would think it does, but 
like Nick Castellanos, who I think is a really good leader in a clubhouse, they already had Bryce Harper, right? Yeah. So the focal point is there. They were trying to add to that and take them somewhere they haven't been in 11 years. When you hand Chris Bryant that type of money, you are saying, we are building around you. You are the dude. I think he is more Pippen than Jordan, and I have always thought it. And I know it's a weird analogy maybe in this sport, but I think that if you are going to pay a guy franchise-type money, that he has to be the guy. Hmm. And I always thought Chris Bryant was a wonderful baseball player, but I never felt like when I watched the Cubs that he was the dude. But he's never had a chance to be the dude either because he's been surrounded by other guys. So that's a fair point. Give him a chance, maybe give him a hundred games as a Rocky and see what kind of influence he can have, see what he can do. I, I don't think uh, that we can throw that at him yet. I, I hear what you're saying, um, but give him a chance to be the guy and be healthy. You've seen what he can do when he goes off. Like he, he can hit 15 homers in a month. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not, as I said to you, I'm not ready to, to, to say that it's a shitty deal just yet. I, I'm confused by the Rockies franchise all the time. But I'm not confused about this this deal. I think it's still going to work out okay. I hope it does because I like watching him play baseball. And I think he's a super nice kid. From what I know of him, every time I've met him, I've, I've really enjoyed him. And I don't want this to make it seem like I don't – I like Chris Bryant. I yeah. just think that when you're paying that amount of money that I would like a little more fuck you in him. Sure. Does that – Does that? am I off base here no. when you're paying that? Because like when Joey Votto got paid whatever it was, 215 – from the Reds, I was like, not only are they getting an MVP, they're getting a guy who I know can represent that team, represent that city. And when we got to go out and take care of shit, we're going to. But he also stayed in the same city. This is a guy that's moved cities. He's got to establish himself. He's got to get comfortable himself. There's a whole lot of different variables there that I think play into it as well. But that's the danger when you go out out and give give it to – there's no equity built up. We've talked about that for years when Pools left – St. Louis, he could have gone oh for the next 1,000 in St. Louis, but he was still going to be Albert Pujols of yeah. the St. Louis Cardinals. There's when he got out to L.A., they only, yeah, they only looked at him as one thing, and that's a contract. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I get it. Okay. Uh, other big series to get started tonight. It's a four-gamer Milwaukee at St. Louis. More pressure to get it done this season. The Brewers, who have made the playoffs four straight years but haven't gotten to the big dance, yeah. biggest dance there is, or the Cardinals, because they've got three legends who might be finished after this year. I think the sense of urgency sits with Milwaukee. Um, I think that the, the fun story will be with St. Louis, but I don't think there's any pressure on those guys. They're all 40 years old. No one's expecting to do anything, right? Wainwright's still yep. turning the clock back somehow. Molina's, I, I still think he's as good as anyone behind the dish. And Pujols is hitting lefties as good as anyone right now. So that's great, great storylines. But for Milwaukee... At some point, you have to take advantage of this roster that you have. Freddie Peralta is going to be a massive loss for them. They say he's coming back, but I still think they have enough to be able to cover it. Next mm-hmm. two weeks is going to be huge for them. This, this series is going to be huge for them. But that rivalry is real too, I think. I think you know the, the Brewers feel like they're the, the little brother of the, of the St. Louis Cardinals a little bit, and they're trying to stamp their own authority on the, mm-hmm. on the, on the league. So I th- I'm, I'm going Brewers. I think Brewers have to really step up and, and, and show that they can win that division and, and do something else in the playoffs besides making the first round. Yeah. It's interesting what's going on uh, sports-wise up in that part of the country, right? The Packers have just dominated their division for years. Yeah. Now, they've had the best player in the NFL or one of the two or three, depending on how you judge Aaron Rodgers. 
but they can't they haven't been able to take that next step since Super Bowl 45. And so everybody's like, well, it's great that you keep winning NFC North titles, but you we know, let's go with a let's go hoist the Lombardi. Right. And I think that's the feeling that might be trickling down to the Brewers a little bit. Like they are a fun story. That place is rocks when it gets going. It's fun to see those guys mash balls. Rowdy Telez is hitting it 30 rows deep. Like that shit's great. Yeah. But at some point when you have this much talent, or at least it feels that way, division championships, that's not like, like it's like the mini class ring. Here's one for you. What if they had Luis Castillo? I think their lineup's fine. I think their lineup's okay. I think they gel as a lineup. They find a way to... It's not like superstars and bangers. Like, you look at the Yankees nah, and they I, go one through four. You don't, you don't like it? Uh-uh. Okay. I don't like it enough. I I, I need... Um, we talked about this the other day. Yeah. When you're playing other teams that can really pitch in the playoffs, right? Like, they right. just played San Diego. And I know that they ended up winning the series there. But that's the type of series where you're going to grind out. And I know they didn't have a hater. Um, at all for that series. By the way, we send the best to he and his wife. Absolutely. They're they're, yeah, Absolutely. They're some, some pregnancy issues and obviously sending their best. We met them at the John Boy Media House. Yeah. Wonderful, nice, nice people. So we're sending our, our best to them. Um, but as far as the baseball goes, it, it's hard, man, in the playoffs. Pete, how many times do you pitch in the playoffs? Once. One series. Okay. It is a different animal, man. Dude, it turns up. So I had no idea. And it wasn't until I got to the playoffs that I realized why guys want to go to the playoffs every year. It's not even just the playoffs. It's that it's the September leading into the playoffs where you show up to the field, there's a different energy. You're rocking up and it's like everybody's locked in. You're, you play, I know you hear this all the time. You play 162 fucking games a year. No one's locked in for 162 games. When you were in a race... And you haven't been in a race for a while and you're in a race come August, September, the energy in that clubhouse, it's fucking, it's unbelievable. And then going through the playoff run, I did it one time and I've done it not on rosters twice. I've been part of the cheer cheer crew, the emergency Uh crew twice. And that's still as good. I had no influence on the game whatsoever. And my insides were churning for nine innings. I love that. Oh, it's so good. Can we just hit the fast forward button to September right now? Well, I've got to see. I, I, I need my bravos to start playing a little bit better before we do that. But yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, last thing, I saw this on social media and I was cracking up. Nine-year-old <laughs> little league pitcher Charlie Springs, I believe he's down in Houston, yeah. has been mimicking the delivery of Luis Garcia, who is part major league pitcher and part Dancing with the Stars contestant. I love it. With the swing of the hands, the step through, the back and forth, all this sort of stuff. Is this cute? Or are you saying, hey, kid, what the heck are you doing? This is better than cute. This is awesome. I think more power to this kid. And he he rocks it perfectly, too. That's the thing. He's mm-hmm. got the rhythm down. He's got the timing down. Gone to the days where old men have to force kids to have the same mechanics as every other old man that came through the system. You can do whatever you want these days, kid. And if it feels good, you're getting outs, do whatever you want. I love it. Uh, I mean, who? Yeah, everybody mimicked somebody. Sure. You know, I want to be this kind of... I remember... Going to one of my little league practices, I'm probably 10 years old. And our dear, dear friends who, who were three boys that were, you know, a decade older than us were our coaches, the Crystal Brothers, Michael, Jeffrey, and Peter. I mean, our closest family friends, right? Our moms were best friends. So they were the coach. 
And I got up there one day in BP. You probably don't remember the name Brian Downing. He was a really good outfielder slash catcher for the California Angels. Uh, he was a part of that 86 team that ended up losing to the Red Sox, you know, and do home run. Okay. Yeah, good, really good, solid player. Um, he's the guy who actually was thrown out. I think the most famous thing, he was thrown out by Dave Parker in the 79 All-Star game in Seattle. He, he, I believe he was thrown out at home on the amazing throw. All right. Anyway, he had a, this crazy open stance, crazy, where he would stand up and it was almost where you could see his chest to the pitcher. Yeah. And so I show up one day and I start opening my stance and the crystal, they're like, Chris, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. They're like, are you trying to be Brian Downing? I'm like, maybe like, okay, go for it. Yeah. So they told the pitcher to start throwing it outside. So I'd had no way of covering the outside part of the pitch. Now, Brian Downing could, cause he was a major league hitter. Yeah. Chris Rose could not. Well, if he's able to do it and he's able to throw strikes, I'm, I'm all for it, Rosie. And just diving more into Brian Downing, have you seen his Topps baseball card where he's flexing and holding the baseball bat straight up? If you, I'm going to send that to you as well for those playing what at is home. It like one of these? Or... No, he's holding the bat regularly, but his biceps are almost touching the barrel of the bat. He's just absolutely uh, yoked. But that's an, obviously an 80s nice. baseball player. Good for him. Yeah. I'm all for yeah. this, Rosie. Let the kids do whatever they want to do, man. It's, until it gets out of hand. And also parents stop yelling at kids. Yeah, please. Oh, we could do a whole show on that. Golly. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, uh, John Boy Media, you're doing this again tomorrow. So you're sure. double dipping. You've got double uh, dip. Tomorrow's my like. Not- I've been I've been preparing for tomorrow for this whole week. I've got I've got. That's a that's a good Brian one too. That's a four on one. I've got this yeah. tomorrow. I've got baseball today tomorrow. I've got uh, talking baseball tomorrow, and I've got Braves game tomorrow, and then I go on the road on Sunday to go to Arizona, Love Colorado. It. I'm grinding. You get right to now. fly on the team charter? Yes. yes. Oh, God. Moylan's back in I'm back. business. When Baza, was the last is... time you were on a team charter? 18. My last year. Oh. Yeah. This is going to be fun. I'm, I'm going to eat my way off money. the team. I'm going to eat my way off the team. Don't worry about it. You can now. I can. Oh, we, we don't, don't have know. weigh-ins at John Boy Media. But I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get on television on the internet with a big old... No, you look good. Oh, thank you. You look good thank these you. days. Yeah, I appreciate it. These days, what happened before? Uh, whatever. Uh, we got to move on. Uh, <laughs> latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out with Austin Hedges of the Cleveland Guardians. We already dropped the Miguel Cabrera story, which was fantastic today. Uh, he tells us a story about Josh Naylor, um, you know, after his big performance in Chicago where he fired the helmet. Hedges was dead. Like, his stories are legendary. Also, you won't believe what his first job was and the paycheck he got for it. That's just a little... Uh, a little bit of what's coming up. What was your first job? So, I had a great first job. I was a ball boy for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, geez. I was in charge of buns and burgers at a place called Hungry Jack's, which is a ripoff of Burger King in Australia. And I used to have the conveyor belt. And the problem was you put one piece of meat and two buns. And unfortunately, they go on different conveyor belts so that when you've got two pieces of meat and there's only one bun, you get way more meat than you do buns. And then there's a surplus of it. It's, it's a shit show. Well, it sounds like an episode of I Love Lucy with the chocolates on the uh, conveyor belt. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. All right. Uh, thanks, as always, to our amazing producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. That is Pete Moylan. I am Chris Rose. We will see you Friday on Baseball Today, presented to you by Shady Rays.